0: to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us bad. My name is Bill. This is episode 20. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I can't believe another week has gone by, but here we are, talking about Atari again, so life is good. What's in the news these days, guys? Donald Trump is still Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton is still Hillary Clinton. Uh, we got floods. We got rain, we got sun, and we got Atari games. Oh, and we have beer. Tonight I'm drinking a home brew of a, basically a Blue Moon knockoff. It's very summery, very appropriate for this time of year. So, things are good. If you listened to the show last week, or if you've been on the internet at all, being Atari fans that you are, you probably know that Atari is in the process of developing movies based on their hugely popular classic games Centipede and Missile Command, both of which uh, I enjoyed very much. Centipede we've done on the show. Uh, Look for that episode. I don't have the number in front of me, but uh, go check that episode out if you haven't already. And Missile Command, spoiler, we'll actually be doing that next week. And I'll announce that again at the end of the show, so pretend you just didn't hear me say that and act all surprised at the end of the show when I mention it. So is working with movie producers to produce and finance two feature films based on those two games over the next two years. I have been tweeting at Atari, well I tweeted at them once, pointing out that I would be perfect to write these movies. I am a writer myself, I wrote the novel in the same act of time, I've written a number of plays that have been produced, I blog, williamallenpepper.wordpress.com. Uh, Every single week, I make up a story based on an Atari game on this very program. I am the perfect guy to write one or both of these movies. I called upon you last week, my loyal minions, to rally to my cause and bombard Atari with pleas, outcries, rending of clothing if you must, to convince them to hire me to write these movies. To date, I have not gotten an offer yet, but I'm still holding out hope. I did get followed on Twitter by Nolan Bushnell, one of the guys who founded Twitter, who founded Atari, so, you know, I can't say for sure that that has anything to do with my campaign to be a movie writer, but, you know, I assume it's only a matter of time. You guys gotta keep up the Twitter onslaught on my behalf, but you didn't hear that from me. You know, I'm not saying that I've been sitting here brainstorming ideas for these movies or anything, but I totally have been thinking of story ideas for these movies. I want this job. But you didn't hear that from me. Anyway, let's move on to this week's game, which is Firefighter, 1982 iMagic game. Looking at the manual, here's what we know. The manual's kind of cool because it opens with not so much a story, but uh, a little play. Firefighter. Game program instructions. Not quite the same as Scene 1, Act 1, but there you go. We get a little stage direction here. A little something for the setting. A little exposition, if you like. Midnight. The city sleeps. Suddenly cries pierce the night. Fire! A man's trapped up there! A raging blaze crackles and climbs. A desperate man waves his arms and races from window to window, floor to floor. His perilous situation looks hopeless. Be strong. Douse the flames with your hose. Line up your ladder. Save him. Keep trying. You're his last chance. His only chance. Cat's are a redundant, but I appreciate what they're trying to do. Then we get to the game objective part. First sentence, save him! Exclamation point. Rescue the panicked man from the burning warehouse. As the fire spreads higher, he climbs a floor at a time to escape the blaze. That's baloney, by the way. When I did my field report, he jumped a bunch of floors at one time. But anyway. He reaches treacherous heights. Only by reaching him with the ladder can he be saved. Put out the flames with your hose. Race back to the engine. Jump on and scramble up the ladder. Snatch him from his fiery peril! Exclamation point. Get moving! Exclamation point. In this manual, the exclamation points are cheap. Wow. Wow. Now we get into the controls part, which is really kind of, you know, spoiler again. This kind of the downfall of this game. The controls, a little complicated. Gameplay. You direct all the rescue operations with the left joystick. As the game begins, the firefighter appears on the fire engine. Oh, I just noticed. On the console controls, they don't include my favorite instruction about holding the joystick with the red button pointing at the TV. I don't know how I would figure that out otherwise. Anyway. Gameplay. You direct all rescue operations with the left joystick. As the game begins, the firefighter appears on the fire engine. Push joystick left, away from the engine, and the firefighter hops off his engine. Keep pressing left, and he runs across the sidewalk in front of the warehouse. Stop pushing the joystick, and the firefighter stands still. Push the joystick right, toward the engine, and the firefighter turns and runs back toward the fire engine. Keep pushing right, he'll jump back onto the engine. Your hose allows you to control the spread of the flames or put the fire out completely. To launch a stream of water, the firefighter must be in front of the warehouse. Push the joystick away from you. The longer you push, the higher the jet of water goes. Water shoots as high as the top windows of the warehouse. It does not reach the roof. You have a limited supply of water. Make it count. When I played this game, I could not for the life of me figure out how you know how much water you have. But I never seemed to run out, so I guess it was okay. Ladder. The fire engine also comes equipped with a ladder. The trapped man can only be saved from the warehouse and the game won by using the ladder. The ladder can reach any floor of the warehouse except the roof. If the firefighter positions the ladder accurately, climbs it, and gets to the floor in which the man is trapped, the firefighter can rescue him. The firefighter must be on the ground while adjusting the ladder. He can only jump from the ladder to the ground when he is at the bottom of the ladder. To change the angle of the ladder so it will reach different floors, Hold on, I'm just going to point out here, the instructions that tell you how to move the joystick fills a full page, so yeah, that gives you a clue how complicated this game actually is. To change the angle of the ladder so it will reach different floors, pull the ladder in all the way by holding the red button down while pulling the joystick toward you. The ladder cannot be moved while it is extended. Keep holding the red button down. To angle the ladder toward the lower floors. lean joystick left. Angle the ladder toward the upper floors. Lean joystick right to extend the ladder. Hold the red button down while pushing the joystick away from you. To pull in the ladder, push the red. Hold the red button down while pulling the joystick toward you. And then, in a, showing great mastery of understatement, it says, "Practice!" Exclamation point. <sighs> Climbing the ladder. Extend the ladder until it rests directly against the warehouse. Have the firefighter jump back onto the engine by leaning the joystick to the right. Listen for the sound that tells you when he's left aboard. To climb, lean the joystick away from you. He'll run to the top of the ladder. You've won the game. When? The ladder has been extended to the floor where the man is waiting. The trap man moves all the way to the right and reaches the firefighter on the ladder. The jubilant song for he's a jolly good fellow signals a job well done. See, that was the part, one of the parts that confused me when I was playing. I saved the guy, and then instead of feeling that the game ends... It seems to just cycle back, and the guy's back in a burning building again. So I could never quite figure out, okay, is the game over or not? The fire. The left difficulty lever controls how quickly the fire spreads through the warehouse. For fast-moving flames, set in position A, which is where I had it for my field report. For a slow and steady burn, set in position B. When the firefighter puts out flames in any or all parts of the building, that part of the fire stays out for the rest of the game. The fire spreads upward in the warehouse. When it reaches the top floor, the fire begins to go out on the lower floors. Eventually, the flames will die out completely, and the Trap Man will come down from the roof. I guess he gets bored or something. There are nine variations. Basically, the lower the game number, the more stories on the building. For example, Game 1 has ten, has a ten-story building. Game 9 has begins with a three-story building. After each rescue, another floor is automatically added to the warehouse for a maximum of ten floors. And then all the games in between have a, ver- a you know, correspondingly less, if that's a word, number of floors. Score: the fastest rescue wins! Exclamation point. Keep track of your best times in each of the firefighter games. At the time at the bottom of the screen lets you know how you're doing. Again, I'm not really sure what the timer really does for you, what significance it has. I guess it has something to do with points. Firefighting tips: the trapped man stays ahead of the fire by climbing a floor at a time. Like I point out, that's baloney, because he jumped a lot of floors when I was playing. Learn to estimate how fast the fire is moving and how quickly he's moving through the warehouse. Place the ladder and have the firefighter climb so he'll reach the man's floor and rescue him before he moves higher in the warehouse. When I played, he kept jumping back and forth between the first and top floor. I kid you not. The man in the blazing building checks to see if the entire floor... I'm pretty sure the guy was mocking me. I'm picturing this guy in my mind. Oh, I hate this desperate man. The man in the blazing building checks to see if the entire floor below him is still on fire. If it isn't, he'll move down. I if he does that thing where you're supposed to touch a, door knob, touch a door with your hand before you try and open it to see if it's hot. When the firefighter is on the engine, the man in the warehouse moves to a window on the right side of the building so the ladder can reach him. He may be scared, but he isn't stupid! Exclamation point! Listen for the crackle of the fire. Even if the fire appears to be out, it may still be burning. When the fire goes out completely, the crackling stops. Oy, I'm exhausted from reading the manual. But that's how it plays, and if you were confused listening to those joystick instructions, imagine how confused you would be actually playing the game. I gotta tell you, I was curious what would happen when I played this game. I know nothing about iMagic games. This, As far as I can tell, is the first one I've ever played. I only knew it existed because I heard Ferg on the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast talk about it. It was never a game I played as a kid, but I heard his review and I thought, well, I gotta check that out. Ferg does a good show. You should go listen to it. So anyway, I... Oh, for Pete's sake, fine. Go listen to him right now, but make sure you come back right away. Okay? Alright, good, you bet. Wait, did you stop off for nachos on your way back? And what's that on your collar? Cheese whiz? Man. Alright, let's take a break so you can clean yourself up. And after this, we're burning the house down. booth to keep my feet dry, and nothing else, ladies. Let's save this dude. <coughs> flames are raging on the first floor, spreading quickly to the second floor. There goes the man flailing his arms about. The graphics are actually pretty good at this. Use my hose, now some of these flames. I guess that's what I'm doing. It seems more like you just sort of spray your hose, and the flames kind of decide on their own if they want to go out or not. The flailing man dude has made his way to the roof. It's a pretty good-looking building. The flames are pretty realistic for Atari graphics standards. Um, fire truck looks good, you know, by cartoony graphics standard. The fireman specifically a yellow dude, but you can kind of make out the fireman's hat. Let's try to extend the ladder to the ladder. That's the jumping noise. Yep. adjusting the height of the angle of the ladder. That's the ladder noise as it extends. No, not that floor. Now nope. the dude. Wow, he fled all the way from the roof to the first floor. Ooh. Stay there, dude. That's a good dude. Yay! I'm gonna be famous. Oprah's gonna get a TV show back and put me on it. I saved the dude. What if he's rich? Uh, What? I gotta save him again? And... alright. Squirt some water randomly here. I guess that's doing something. Mostly I'm just squirting the dude. there dude. No, not there. Alright. No, dude, move. No. Where are you now? It's where I just was, dude. You know what? Rest of yourself. At a certain point in the game, the flames just get tired of waiting for you, and they put themselves out. No, no, no! Now the is being uh, stubborn. There we go. Come here, dude. Yay! I saved him again. You're on the left. I'll save you for a third time. Alright, that's that I guess. I'm retiring from Firefighter. What? Again? No, forget it. You're on your own. I'm going to go pose naked on a Fireman calendar. Back to you in the studio. Okay, so that's Firefighter. It is a really good looking game. I think I commented in my field report. I like the graphics. The firefighter is just basically a yellow dude, but you can kind of make out the outline of the firefighter helmet and stuff. You, you can figure out what he is. The fire truck looks, you know, old timey and kind of cartoony, but again, you can look at it and say, okay, fire truck. Building looks good. The desperate, pathetic man running around with his arms flailing looks like a desperate, pathetic man looking, running around with his arms flailing. The flames look good. Everything looks good. It's just the gameplay, though, is uh, okay, I guess. I talked about the controls, and they are really kind of frustrating. You have to do a lot of different things with only a few joystick moves. Run, jump, put out the fire, angle the ladder, climb the ladder. I kind of wonder if maybe this was a, you know, still a one-player game, but you could use both joysticks. I'm trying to divide those uh, actions up a little bit between joysticks. I don't know how that would work mechanically, trying to use a joystick with just one hand. know, a joystick in each hand, but maybe there'd be a way you could do it. I'm sure it's probably been done. Someone will tweet at me, I hope, to tell me if there are any Atari games that use both joysticks for a one-player game. So I don't really dislike this game, certainly not Amador, but I, I don't think I love it either. Maybe I just need to apply a little more patience than I actually possess to get used to playing this game. All right, thus endeth the game review portion of the show. What about the story? As I said, in the manual they give us almost a little play, a little mini play for the uh, setup of the story and I appreciate that. But, as with most things Atari, the manual is a little thin on plot. So I think we need to apply the time-honored five elements of a plot. Same with me. That's right. Pepperoni, sausage, green pepper, mushroom, oh wait, those are the things I like on a pizza. Anyway, the five elements of a plot are, of course, the introduction or exposition, the rising action, the climax, the falling action, and the resolution or dénouement. The introduction or exposition part, that's the beginning of the story. You get the setup, you get the setting, you figure out who the characters are, You get an idea of what the world is that you're operating in, in the story. So here's what I think happened in the story within this game. As told by me, the firefighter. The alarm at the station didn't go off. Someone stuffed it full of salsa leftover from Mexican Fiesta Night, but I swear I have no idea who. Anyway, there'd be no quiet night reading old matchbook covers for me. Biff's auto-detailing is my favorite as has a gripping plot. Instead, a piercing, frightened cry shattered the night. Fire, the voice said. A man's trapped up there. God damn it. Okay, fine. I put down my matchbook. And spring into action. Rising action, to be specific. Here's where events start to really unfold in the story. You really get into the meat of the plot. I'm the only firefighter who answers this call. The others are locked in the closet with the extra helmets and rubber boots. They know what they did. They can just sit there and think about it. So I go by myself. When I get to the scene in the fire truck, I only crushed four parked cars on the drive over this time, I find the warehouse indeed ablaze. I curse myself for not bringing any weenies to roast, because I'm really darn hungry. But then I hear the desperate man's cries. Time to go to work. I've been expecting this call for a long time. The voice is familiar. The scene is all too familiar. Eerily the same as every other time that I've experienced this before. I've been here before. And I'm here again tonight. For the first time. So, we're a firefighter. Quiet night. Desperate cry for help. No one else can go but me. For Reasons, And now we're hitting the pivotal point in the story, the climax, the point on which the plot turns. I put the flames at bay with my hose, and I crank the ladder up. I climb quickly, my boots pounding on each rung, echoing in my soul, for I know what I will see at the top of that ladder. I reach the floor where destiny awaits. I use the axe to smash the window. Smoke and flame wash over me. Embracing me, holding me tight. The soot-like arms hugging me in the enticing lure of death. Through the charcoal it's a word, I made it up, haze, I can just barely see the man. He stumbles toward me. I see him more clearly than I've seen anything before. The man looks at me. I look at him. So much passes between us in those worthless looks. He is me. And I am him. So, we have confronted our worst fears. We have met the challenge, and we have faced down the man. The things that come after this climax are the falling action. The flames are still climbing. There's no time to waste. No one will die tonight. I see that in the man's eyes. Wide, frightened, teary eyes. Familiar, but oh so much more honest than ever before. No more deceptions, I vow. Not any more. The resolution or denouement. The fire is out. The scene is secure. I climb back into the truck. Alone, but together for the first time. A fire burns within the soul of everyone. Don't let it consume you like the fire consumed that building. I know I won't. Now what did I do with the key to the equipment closet? (coughs) And that's our show. But before we go, Bill Condred from the XEGS podcast... Wait, don't go listen to it now. Go after this show is over. Gee whiz. Okay, thanks. Anyway, our buddy Bill Condred put on his fireproof wetsuit to swim across the flaming moat that surrounds the podcast studio. He's here to tell us all about the Atari Party happening this summer out in California. It's getting smoky in here. Take it away, Bill. Hey, Bill. It's Bill Kendrick from the XCGS Cart by Cart podcast. I want to let you and your listeners know that I'm hosting my 8th annual Atari Party this summer out here in Davis, California. That's near Sacramento and not far from the San Francisco Bay Area and Silicon Valley. It's free and will undoubtedly have at least one Atari 2600 set up. It's a one-day event on Saturday, July 30th. Visit newbreedsoftware.com slash atariparty for more info. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Thanks also to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for creative commons use of his songs, Take a Chance, Reformat, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on Google Play Music, Stitcher, iTunes, and many other places. Please do leave a review to help us move up in the rankings and help others find the show, not to mention mending the gaping hole in the space-time continuum. Our website is AtariBytes.libsen.com You can email us at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can like Atari Bytes on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, at Atari Bytes. And remember, that's A-T-A-R-B-Y-T-E-S. Follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. You can also help support the show on our Atari Bytes Patreon page, or by shopping at our Zazzle.com store, A-B-Underscore-Pod-Underscore-Store. And... If there is a gaping hole in your personal space-time continuum big enough to allow listening to more podcasts, check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, where every month I review one or two classic animated Peanuts TV specials or feature films. It's a lot of fun. Go check it out. Coming up next week on Atari Bytes, Missile Command! I swear, this was on the schedule before I knew about the Atari movie. I am not sucking up Atari, unless that works. In which case, I'm totally sucking up Atari. Remember, that's at Atari on Twitter. And don't forget also the friend that I've never actually met, founder of Atari and many other things, Nolan Bushnell, at Nolan Bushnell, to tell them how your close personal friend, the Atari Bites dude, really, really, really wants to write a movie for them, but you never heard that from me. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. I might be able to do it.